You're listening to the Quince podcast. Imagine you're 14 years old, away from family, living in a strange place, and you're asked to do something which could send you to jail. How would you feel? Nervous, worried, or excited like Manu Gandhi? Yes. In 1942, when Gandhi's grandniece Manu heard that she was going to join India's freedom struggle, she jumped with joy. It was all she'd wanted. Hello, I'm Manvi, and you're listening to the Queen's special three-part podcast series to mark Mahatma Gandhi's 150th birthday on 2nd October 2019. We are reading out portions from Manu Gandhi's diaries from 1943 to 1944. The diaries have been released in a book called The Diary of Manu Gandhi by Oxford University Press. They were originally written in Gujarati and have been translated into English by Tridip Suhrut. This is the second episode in the series. In the first episode, we saw how a teenage Manu adjusted to life in the ashram, taking care of Kasturba Gandhi or Pa, doing everyday chores, and of course, looking up to Bapu as a mother. Before I go on if you like listening to this and would like to listen to more podcasts from the Quint do subscribe to our channel you can also listen to us on Apple Google Podcasts Spotify and other platforms that we are live on right now On 31st August 1942 Manu Gandhi wore a sari for the first time that was also the day she joined the Quit India movement and became a satyagrahi Along with a few other girls from the ashram Manu went to Gandhi Chowk where they made speeches and shouted slogans While returning home Manu was arrested and kept as a prisoner at Wardha jail In this diary entry she writes of how she was arrested the bland prison food spinning the charkha and how the prisoners passed their time in the jail This was the third week This day of the week was for me a day of festivities. On the night of the 30th, it was decided that we the women were to join the struggle. I jumped with joy. There were 3 or 4 other girls of my age. They were elder to me by 3 or 4 years who were also very eager to go to the prison. We asked whoever we could find to narrate their jail experiences to us. Since all the women were about to proceed to prison, men realized that they would have to roll rotis and for this reason they took over the kitchen work they did not know how to roll the rotis and the bajra rotla got burnt they boiled some vegetables we offered to teach them but why should the proud men learn from us they ate their rotis that they made with great relish and said that the wheat rotis had a special taste that day thus we passed time in fun at 3 o'clock we got ready and offered prayers Many told me that I looked much younger in a frock and hence would not be arrested. That day I wore a sari for the first time. I was 14 years of age. After the prayers we bowed to all the elders and seven of us including a Muslim woman set out for Wardha. On the way we stopped at Jamnalal ji's bungalow and put a luggage there. I went to touch Janki Devi ji's feet. We reached Gandhi Chowk around 5:30 where we made speeches and shouted slogans. A motor van came there were about 40 policemen in it 
they made loud noises of the petrol motor the louder the noise the greater our energy they made the noise so people would not be able to hear our speeches to harass them people would enter narrow lanes they would be then forced to come out of the police van and follow after us we were about to return home when the police superintendent came to arrest us and took us to vardha prison at that time there were 35 women lodged in the vardha prison and seven of us were added to them the authorities kept us in the open yard but it started to rain and all 42 of us were put inside a tiny cell a person who's not been inside can hardly imagine how we managed we somehow spread mattresses using every nook and cranny and slept huddled over one another we chanted slogans all night so loudly that people on the outside could hear us somehow the night passed in the morning we got some cold dust to clean our teeth after which we said the prayers how were we to bathe there was a trough of water akin to the one made for cattle we were to use that water for all the necessities because i was the youngest i was somehow given 3 for pitchers of water however i had one a sari how was i to wash my clothes I was taken to the superintendent. The elder women said that this girl is only 14 and she can barely wash her clothes. Let that be, they said. This girl is Mahatma ji's niece. You cannot arrest someone as young as her and once arrested you cannot heap hardships over her. But that does not imply that her clothes should remain dirty and especially when we, her elders are around her, kindly give her water enough for her needs at least. The superintendent immediately took me by my hand and said, Come daughter I will have your clothes washed for you the water will be released immediately we were given rub for breakfast i did not like its taste but once in jail what is like and dislike i ate it just to get the taste of jail food but i soon vomited it made me unhappy that our bodies should not be able to stomach jail rub i was deeply ashamed at 12 noon we were served jowar rotla urad dal and leafy vegetables cooked with a lot of garlic and onion I could with great effort eat only two morsels. I spun 1280 threads. In the evening all the women did ras and played games. There were women as old as 40 years and some were 25 to 30 years old. At 5 o'clock in the morning the bell of a barrack rang and we got up startled. We were told that we were to be shifted to Nagpur prison that day. That is 2nd September 1942. Two days later Manu was transferred to the Nagpur Central Jail where she would remain a prisoner for 9 whole months. Remember at this point she is just 14 years old. At the time Manu was in jail social reformer and freedom fighter Vinoba Bhave was also there. In this particular diary entry Manu writes on meeting him the cramped living spaces in jail and her everyday routine in prison. We reached Nagpur Our matron Radhabai was at the prison gates to escort us inside. The iron gates of the prison were so large as if a demon stood facing us. Each of us was accounted for and taken inside. We were 40 women. On one side were the barracks for male convicts and opposite to them were lodged the male political prisoners. They were permitted to step out into a large compound. We were shouting slogans the men came out. Vinobaji was among them. we from a distance read pranams to him and kishore lal kaka however large a prison might be large numbers lodged therein makes it small 
It could accommodate at the most 100 to 125 women. There were 75 women convicts and 125 of us, political prisoners. This made the space cramped. But they made adequate arrangements for us. From morning to meal time, we would spin. If we got an opportunity to bathe, we would take a break. Otherwise, we would bathe in the afternoon or the evening and at times during the night. Lunch consisted of dal, rice, vegetables, roti, khichdi, wheat porridge and one ounce of packaged butter. Dinner was also the same. The breakfast was at 7.30 in the morning, lunch at 12 noon and dinner at 7 in the evening. Till 5 o'clock, we would spin from 1200 to 2000 and sometimes even 3000 threads. At 5 o'clock, our matron would visit us. She would bring our post with her. Only those who have experienced it know as to how eager we were for the post and the news from the outside that letters brought. Our matron was Radha Bai. She was very good, kind, honest, straightforward and simple. She had worked in the prison for the past 10 years. She was widowed at the age of 15 or 16. She had two children. a son and a daughter she has won over not only us but also the criminal convicts she educated many illiterate convicts and she's received letters in their hands after their release she also listened to the stories of motiba with deep interest she became a mother to me and a sister to other women she dealt with all the women with immense affection thus we passed our days By the beginning of 1943 Mahatma Gandhi was a prisoner at the Aga Khan Palace. On 10th February 1943 he started on a 21 day long fast. Around that time his wife Kasturba Gandhi suffered a massive heart attack. So the government decided to shift Manu from Nagpur to Aga Khan Palace to take care of both of them. There Manu met freedom fighter Sarojini Naidu who was also unwell and in captivity. and manu was finally reunited with her beloved pa and papuji today at 4 am i set out of the gates on the way to pune many of the women wept i touched their feet and sought blessings i was to set out of the jail after 9 months the matron took me to the superintendent to settle my accounts the jailers were like elders to me and treated me like a daughter I touched their feet and a jail motor took me to the station. I was accompanied by two elderly policemen. An entertaining incident took place at the station. Usually, B-class prisoners are made to travel by interclass. I was also to travel by interclass, but the poor policemen had no idea as to which was interclass and which was second class. The poor man made me sit in an unoccupied second class. The guard came. He asked for my warrant from the policemen, which they gave. The warrant had specified interclass. He chided me, "Pen, even you couldn't ascertain this. These people did not show the warrant to me. Therefore, I know nothing about it." The blame came on the poor policemen. They said that they did not know how to read, which had caused this to happen. I told him that I would go to the interclass provided my seat was reserved. I would move only after the arrangements were made. I spoke a bit firmly, hence the guard told me to stay where I was. He signed the warrant. We reached Kalyan. A funny incident took place there as well. Those elderly policemen had stayed awake the previous night to keep a watch over me. We were to wait at Kalyan station for 2 hours after which our next train was due. They lay down to sleep. The waiting room was for men only. They reasoned amongst themselves as to no one is going to take me away or help me escape. I thought that I should go over to the women's waiting room, bathe and comb my hair. 
I went out to bathe. After a leisurely bath, I came back and found the two policemen sound asleep. I met an acquaintance of mine. He asked me everything and I told him that I was on my way to Aga Khan Palace. I was not at fault. The two policemen were asleep and I did not know enough about jail regulations whether I was permitted to speak to others about jail matters. I told him everything. That man gave me a cover and urged me to write a letter to my father. I declined to do so as I was a prisoner and I knew that I was not entitled to write letters. I'd spoken to him frankly but later I got worried that if he were to inform the newspaper what would happen to these two poor policemen. I urged the person to not leak this news to either the papers or anywhere else. He promised that he would not do so. On the way, I had a chance to read the newspaper wherein the government had made it known that Kasturba had suffered a massive heart attack and the government had arranged to send Manu Gandhi from Central Province as a nurse. I was relieved that there would not be a problem now. On 20 March 1943 around 4 o'clock, I changed train. The Mumbai Samachar had detailed news about bus condition. Tears came to my eyes. I wondered if I would be able to meet her or not. I somehow passed two hours, and at six o'clock, we reached the Pune city station. The police superintendent searched for me, and I for him. We were not acquainted with each other. I had to travel in his car. What was I to do now? All the other passengers went their own way. There was a lot of military presence. The whites walked up and down. I was a bit scared as well. Ultimately, I got very angry on the elderly policemen. I told them to follow me as I would somehow find the office. I went straight to the station master. I asked him and reached the office. A little later the police superintendent came there. He took me to the Aga Khan Palace in his motor car. It took us 25 minutes to reach Aga Khan Palace from the station. It was 7 o'clock when I reached home. Bapuji was still on his bed. He had not resumed his walks after the fast. He ate his dinner of vegetables, milk and butter seated on the bed. He was about to finish his dinner. I went in and touched his feet. He patted me on the back forcefully. The chief superintendent Kateli Sahib, a Parsi, was there. I immediately asked him about Ba's health. He told me that Ba was better, but Mrs. Naidu was rather unwell. As I touched Bapu's feet, Ba walked in and said, "Ben, how are you? You're finally here." I touched her feet and she blessed me. Be happy and serve well. I could still feel the force of Bapu's pat on the back. Bapu made me his stick and took me to Mrs. Naidu and said, "We did not take Manudi to the AICC." but she followed us here such is the force of a person's desire i was very tired and had nothing to eat during the journey batul bapuji talk to her later let her eat bathe and wash her face has turned pale bapuji immediately took me to the bathroom and showed me everything ba was with us my clothes were in the bag which needed to be untied therefore ba gave her clothes to me later i talked with bapu bapu said during your two months stay at sevagram you won over ba hence she said no to those who have stayed with her for years and insisted that she wanted you you have come here for ba you know her disposition she could get angry in a moment but she's so pure that her anger disappears the next moment therefore your task is to win her over and make her better you should not worry about any other task you should do ba's work with care and concern you are affectionate by nature and hence ba chose you over the others Do not feel pain should Ba get angry. You must be able to laugh about it. On the very first night, Ba said that I should sleep beside her in her bed. Ba and I slept side by side. Three years after my mother's death, I had the fortune of sleeping beside Ba, who was like a mother to me. In my childhood, 
So long as my mother was alive, I slept in her bed. If I didn't, sleep would elude me. After her death, today I slept beside Ba. The joy of it could be known only by the one who had experienced it. I reached there on Saturday. Mrs. Naidu was released on Sunday, 21st March of 1943, due to her ill health. Now Dr. Gilder, Sushila Ben, Pyarelalji, Meera Ben, Ba, Bapuji and I remained. With Papu and Ba, Manu had found a family who she deeply cared for. They were the centre of her universe. And it was through taking care of them that she learned duty, sacrifice and discipline. But a pillar of her world was about to come crashing down. How would that affect Manu? As we inch towards 1944, Manu is no longer a teenage girl. Will she rebel against her Bapu? i leave that for the next and the final episode of our three-part special podcast series. Don't miss out the last episode which will be out on 2nd October. And before I sign off, let me remind you to subscribe to The Queen's channel on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify and other platforms that we are live on right now. For more podcasts, you can also log on to The Queen's website and check out our podcast section. For any feedback, drop an email at podcastsatthequint.com.